Welcome to the Dark Arts Conversation. The more we talk, the more we heal. We're your hosts, Jer. Daniela, a.k.a. the Baker and the Witch. We have a special guest today. Our first time. Yeah, it's kind of exciting. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? My name's Derek. I'm a good friend of the Baker and the Witch, and we're going to have some interesting conversations today. Cool. Cool. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you may remember him from uh, one of the other episodes. It's fine. This time he's actually live with us when we're all sitting around doing this together. So that's fun. Uh, we like to start out uh, these conversations with a check-in, like how are you doing, how you been feeling. So uh, we'll start with you unless you're going to walk away. Uh, uh, how are you? I'm, uh, I'm doing pretty okay. I'm a little hectic outside of just like mom going to the hospital storminess but outside of that things are things are right i'm feeling pretty okay this week the sunshine and the nice weather has definitely helped me out because i was feeling a little rough maybe like a week ago i think just lack of sleep and just like running and going and trying to get shit done really burnt me out for the week but as of right now i'm all right how are you I'm doing pretty good. I feel like we're at the tail end. Like we're just finished out like these darker seasons and the, we got more sunlight during the day and uh, that's always nice and it, you know, it's not, not as, uh, not as depressing being outside. I always said that spring was like my least favorite time of the year because it just like rains all the time and like don't get as much sunshine Right. and then like summer hits and it's like, oh, <laughs> You're also a summer baby, though. Mm-hmm. I feel like you were like, sunshine. Oh, yeah. I like sunshine, water. But I love the winter up until Christmas. And then after Christmas, I want nothing to do with winter anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's cold and miserable after Christmas normally. I can feel that. Yeah. Yeah. She's so like, this is cool. So. Well, because it's exciting. Are we done now? Yeah. Do not have any more snow and crap? Like, the cold sucks. Cool. And this whole getting dark early thing is terrible. Oh my gosh. Freaking like daylight savings time with a baby. Oh, a whole yeah. different experience than daylight saving time. only imagine. Because she's like, oh, by the way, I'm supposed to be up right now. What? I just want one more hour. One more <laughs> hour of sleep, please. Yeah, I don't understand the difference of time change, guys. I'm not even one years old. And it's like, yeah. Right? <laughs> nobody prepared me for that one. I was like, yeah, nobody. There's not anything that can prepare you for the lack of sleep that comes with that. But yeah, everything's been good. Just kind of cruising through. I feel like everybody's kind of coming out of that same, like, winter darkness <laughs> from it being, you know, terribly cold. So now that we have a little bit of sunshine, I feel like it's, it's this is my season. This is like my favorite time of year. <laughs> yeah. Boo. <laughs> I like the fall. I was, gonna, yeah, I was yeah. born in the fall. You're born in the fall, and I just had my birthday, and I'm a spring baby. I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> what about you, Jer? Uh, I'm all right. Definitely had some ups and downs the last little while. Um, she mentioned taking her mom to the hospital. That was the first time I've been to that hospital where... It wasn't something that I had to really pay attention to, as kind of odd and rude as that might sound. So, like, that was the hospital where we found out my mom had cancer. That was the hospital the first time we took O O in after she turned purple. So, yeah, 
a lot of feelings there. Definitely went outside and kind of lost it. That sucked. Um, work has been kind of nuts. Last couple of days were just stressful, but got a whole bunch of other stuff done. Watching this one grow up has been pretty crazy. She's six months now, so like she's huge in comparison to when she was born. So it's pretty pretty nuts to see see it all. Like watch the little gears in her head turn and stuff is pretty fun. It's definitely uh, an experience. I'm so <laughs> Are you sorry. Burp the yeah, entire, burp the entire podcast. I need to stop drinking this uh, soda because I was we're, like, oh, this is great. Oh man, we're, we're leaving that in too. Oh yeah, that. absolutely, That's you're leaving it in. Don't you dare cut that out. First burps of the podcast ever. It's gonna stay. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've been having you know difficult conversations as part of this, and I think this is gonna be one of the more interesting ones because a lot of people don't like to talk about this subject which i think is part of the reason i wanted to do it so bad so we're gonna be talking about death yeah your own mortality a lot of people don't like to acknowledge that they're gonna die at some point so um i'm not even gonna bother with what is death i think we all kind of know right at least from the biological sense that the body will eventually die uh, and that's what death is from that sense we don't need to go through everything else because a lot of different feelings on a lot of that stuff. Um, so when you look up statistics, depending on where you're looking, uh, roughly 155,000 to 178,000 people will die per day. Per day. Lord. But think about it. So there's, what, almost 8 billion people on the planet? Something like so, that. Good Lord, I don't even know that statistic. I don't even know how many people are on the Per day, you know, it fluctuates. I'm sure it was probably up a lot last year and the year before that, just due to the pandemic and whatnot. Um, In 2019, because this is where I found these stats, 33% of all deaths were from heart diseases. So either heart attack, it says stroke or other cardiac diseases. Uh, 18% of those were cancer. 1.3% of those was suicide. That was way higher than I actually thought. And this is the other part that actually is a little eye-opening. 0.7% were homicides. Almost double the number of people are killing themselves than being killed by somebody else. That's insane. If that doesn't speak to suicide rates in the world, I, I don't know what else does. Um, so, yeah, that's... That was nuts. I, th- I thought that wow. was really insane when I read that. I wanted to include that because we'll eventually cover suicide. It was a really huge topic. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're all going to die. Yeah, you're going to die. I'm going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. It's going to happen. Like, you will die. That's how it works. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Like, even if this is a simulation, it's the way of the world. that's how you think yeah. this goes, you die. Um, so I want to talk about some kind of weird little topics of stuff that I have come across in the world because as people, we always seem to think that we are the ones that have all these crazy concepts and stuff. And the more and more we learn about the animal world, the more I find it crazy what we don't know. So a couple of years ago, I saw um, a really good documentary on crows and there was somebody doing their PhD studies under the PhD 
professor on that um, documentary, and they have since gone on, got their PhD, and then jumped into a podcast called Ologies, and it's a great episode. It's called Corvid Thanatology. Uh, so basically what that is, is that means that crows hold funerals. When they see other crows die, they will actually hold a funeral for that crow. They will gather around the body and mourn the loss of that oh, crow. This is so cute. This is the animal world acknowledging death. Like, I thought that was super cool. Um, by the way, great episode. If you don't listen to Ologies, great podcast. Um, so, yeah, I'll put some notes in there uh, in the podcast. So you can find that one. Overall, that's a great podcast uh, in general. Um, but I just think that says a lot about death, right? We, as people, like to not really acknowledge it or not acknowledge that other animals also may feel the same way. So I think that was kind of crazy when I heard that. It's one of those yeah, things so. where, so do we just think that that much better than they are and we just haven't studied it enough or like, what's up? So to understand that like, we're not really the only species that has a feeling on death. I thought it was kind of crazy. Um, Especially because animals, they have the, they have the raw instinct, you know, they can like, you know, it's people say that, you know, dogs and cats can like smell death and mm -hmm. they like know when it's coming. I, I believe that to, to a pretty high extent. I mean, when, when different members of my family were passing away, the pets that we had at the time, they would like always kind of keep, close to the you know ones that were sick or the elderly ones because they kind of knew you know it was getting towards the end of life so i think there is something to say about that and being i mean being a bird owner myself when one of my birds died they all i mean they knew they they know exactly what's going on and where they're headed and you know how it all works it's, it's pretty incredible thing to for them to acknowledge in and of itself <laughs> i was saying animals are super freaking intuitive on top of that like yeah they know, see things. They'll tell you if you're listening to, like if you're attentive, they'll mm -hmm. tell you they're going. Um, at least that's been my experience with yeah. all my animals. Is they've all told me that they're getting ready to go or it's time to take them to the vet so they can go. Um, that's rough in itself, but, you know, honoring each of their wishes at some point. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I didn't know that. I didn't know that crows did that, though. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, I mean, you talk about the birds. Um, there's definitely somebody I work with who listens to this podcast. And I believe, if I recall correctly, they had to put their dog down recently. And the other one knows. And yeah. And, like, just goes to where the dog was and, like, thinks about it. And I'm sorry for bringing this up, by the way. It is a death episode, so sorry. <laughs> I'll talk to you about it later. Um, but I, I think that's kind of crazy when you step back and really think about as much as we think about death, I mean, we're not the only ones that have an understanding of that loss. Like, do they understand their own mortality and the potential that they will inevitably die? I don't know, right? I can't ask them and have them answer it, but they at least understand the loss after it's happened. And I think that says a lot right there. So, yeah, it's kind of kind of crazy. You are not going to make it through this episode without breaking on this podcast. <laughs> It'll keep it light. It'll keep yeah, it light. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not here for the light. I'm here for the dark. So, uh, uh, so yeah. And then death shows up in a bunch of different cultures. Um, 
as the Grim Reaper. I think everybody kind of knows what that looks like at this point. Um, there's another podcast, the Astonishing Legends podcast. On episode 120, they do kind of a, a short episode for them, by the way. It's good podcast, kind of long episodes. And they do it on the Grim Reaper, and they kind of talk about uh, a lot of stuff that I had no real understanding about. And they said that m- most, cu- well, you said most cultures, but to me, they said that um, the Grim Reaper doesn't actually kill the person. He just shows up and guides them to death. And I'd always been under the impression that, like, he touches you and that's what ends your life. So that concept of him, like, guiding you towards it instead of Killing being you. the killer. I think it's also such a, it's such Hollywood a weird thing. and cartoons. Yeah. Cartoons really, for sure. Like, they've modified and, like, really hyped up that twist in the story. And that's what gets people to watch. That's what sells is putting somebody in a position to take something from somebody Mm -hmm. else like that keeps you interested in whatever's happening on TV. And so I think, you know, while some of that's taken, um, that turn of the Grim Reaper kills versus like what actually is like, I feel like too, like even in more modern television, there's been a lot more takes on the Grim Reaper. Like I know like in supernatural, the 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 grim reaper or death as as a horseman as they would i think they talk about in religious literature he is just this very frail kind of wisecracking old man yeah and he doesn't care he doesn't have like a dark big dark cloak or anything but he's very skinny you know his bones show his jaw all of his muscles and bones kind of show through and and if you've ever seen the show, it's an interesting thing to watch him interact because he he looks like he's, you know, in his 60s, but he, the character talks and says things, you know, I've, I've been around, you know, since the earth was born and I'll, you know, I'll reap, I'll reap God one day. Just like the way that he kind of puts it into perspective, like movies and television, just like Danny said, have kind of like painted death as like this big scary but i think it also depends on the person experiences it yeah that's true my mom and my grandmother uh and i guess i will say that i have not interacted but seen a form of grim reaper um like grandma at the casino would often say like uh somebody is getting ready to pass and she would talk about like seeing somebody with like a shroud dark dark shroud over them and like very very nimble hands walking through the crowds at the casino and it often be like i saw death this morning they're on their way finding who the next person is they're going to lead on into the next part of their life and like my mom working at uh in the health industry but also she's been a nurse and a caregiver for all her life and so like in nursing comes when people would get ready to leave or would maybe die a few minutes after she'd be like somebody else was in the room and like she would often recall like things where curtains would shuffle or move and things and she'd turn and see like just like this darkness kind of like lead out of the out through the door or she's had some seriously scary experiences and i'm like that definitely i would not deny that being death at all yeah a lot of people i know i don't know if it's in particular cultures but a lot of people say that there's usually like a gust of wind that's like a that like carries you know even if you you know people talk about being in like sealed hospital rooms where there's like 
no there's air. like a tiny little air vent and then they feel like a full breeze as if they were standing outside or you know like the wind that you feel before like a like a thunderstorm um i've heard people talk a lot about that too which is interesting because i didn't know that i probably didn't like hear about that till i was older i was shielded <laughs> a, a lot from death when i was younger um i don't think it was by any purpose actions by my parents i think it just kind of naturally they just didn't want me to have to experience that at, you know a super young age it's interesting that you say that because now i'm like man and I feel the same way. Like, I can remember when my grandfather died. I might have been like eight. And he had spent the last four years in like a care facility. Long story there. So, you know, my relationship and memories of him are, I don't have any outside of his funeral. So sure. that concept, like, I, I didn't even understand it. Then, yeah. Right. And then I think my next guys grew up so different than I did. I'm yeah. like, well, I was not shielded. Well, my next concept of death was when my friend's cousin died of leukemia when I was like 11. And I didn't really understand that either because like I didn't really know it. My first big, uh, like big experience with that. I mean, I had been to like one or two funerals before that, but it was like long lost family members yeah. that I met like twice when I was a baby and I never saw again. But my first big death was was my sister so like i was shielded 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 up until i was you know 14 or 15 and then i just got and then i got the whammy of all whammies and lost a sister and then from then on like death didn't affect me the same way ever again <laughs> it was it was so different so it's interesting you say that too because so my I've been around a decent amount of death. I We had somebody that I work with, oh God, a couple of years ago at this point, um, didn't show up to work one day and didn't call in. And that was super weird. We're like, oh, that's weird, man. Like this guy never, he'll miss work, right? But he'll call. Sure, hey, yeah. I'm he'll not say feeling something. good. Like I'm not coming in. So we called him. Uh, nothing, nothing. Um, it got to the point where we had to call his parents. Oh, wow. And his parents were, one of them was out of the country and the other one was in California. And we're like, hey, like, this is weird, right? But have you heard from your son today? And I've worked with this guy for like almost eight or nine years at this point. Mm. So like, you know, eventually uh, the cops were called to do a wellness check and they found that he had died and I had to talk to the detective. He's like, hey, like. Can you confirm you knew him? Like, what? Tell me the story of what happened today, and we'll go through some stuff and answer some questions. I was like, "Holy shit!" And I'm like, in a senior position in the company at this point, and so I'm like having to kind of like guide this and like tell everybody and like work through it, and like that shit sucked. Yeah. And I felt bad. I felt bad for his parents, right? Like, for me, when somebody was to die, I seldomly personally felt anything terrible like it was an uncomfortable feeling but more for me it was that understanding that somebody else felt awful and i could feel it i'm like this sucks like this is bad so like i had to kind of like deal with all that and he eventually had a a, a geoblastoma which oh, is wow. a brain tumor and usually by the time you get diagnosed it's far too late to do anything 
never even had a diagnosis. And so when we were looking back, like he had all the, all the classic signs and whatnot, and it was weird, but there was that. And like, I've known somebody who committed suicide. He was a drummer in a couple of local punk bands. I went to high school with his sister. So I went to that funeral, a couple of other funerals. And like, I can remember my uncle when he passed, that was really pretty rough. Um, but my mom passed like about five and a half months ago and like I watched it and that was rough and it, it just has not been the same. You're still alive. Go meow somewhere else, please. Thank you. <laughs> um, speaking of the animals that know everything. Um, so I know I haven't still come to terms with that one. I'm still working through, through that one, but I know that that's going to make all the ones that come after it a little different. And I'm not really sure what they're going to be now. Like I used to be able to kind of like distance myself enough to be like, okay, cool. Like I get it. I can like I can, I can kind of handle this. Like it'll be awkward for a few days and I'll get through it. Now it's like, dude, it's been five and a half months. I had to talk to somebody on the phone to try and see what it's going to take to take her ashes back home. And that person just happened to have known my mom because it's a small town. And I was like, holy shit. Like, it's kind of changed how I view death, so it's it's not fun per se. But I think it's important, though. I think that dealing, learning how to cope with it in a healthy way is tough. I mean, I when my sister died, I went to school the next day. I mean, any any normalcy was what I was like. I just wanted normalcy. Yes, and of course, like if anybody finds out. You, you just at the second anybody finds out it's tears and they all want to hug you and it's like no i don't want any of that i want you to act like it's another day like that that was my experience and then after that human deaths didn't affect me as badly as that did like i became <laughs> sort of not emotionally numb but like nothing's gonna top that because I've had the conversation. My family's always been open. You know, we've, we've had the conversations. Like I know exactly what to do with my mom. I know exactly what to do with my dad. My, my brother and I have talked about it. Uh, Allie and I, my, my wife, we've talked about it. And so like that I'm prepared for and I know what to do. And when, if, and when the time were to ever come, I kind of, I have a game plan, but when it's an unexpected death and something hits you that hard, I feel like you do kind of grow your skin kind of becomes like a tougher leather and you learn how to cope with it. Or in my case, the way that I kind of came to peace with my sister was I kind of wear it like a badge of honor. Like I got to grow up with this person. I knew this person, this was, you know, they were a part of my life. So I kind of, that's how I learned to deal with it. But I definitely became more numb to human deaths. I do not handle animal deaths well at all. Like I, which is weird, but I get, pretty broken up about animals and i maybe it's because i can't have that conversation with them even though you have the natural instinct with animals like we do for the most part i've never been i can't be the one to pull that trigger Mm -hmm. and it's something that i've like tried to navigate but i feel like it's going to be one of those things that it'll hit me when the time is right but i've never been good with animals like good with animal deaths i can't handle it 
I'm 100% the opposite. <laughs> like, I am. Like, I know, like, when Mod dies, yeah, it's going to suck really bad, and I'll feel bad, but I, I don't think that's going to hit me very hard. I, and I say that now, right? It hasn't happened. What do I, I was going to say, I uh, don't know that just yet. I, but just... to, the, to the ability to, like, make that call of, like, you know, it's time, like, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like, when my mom was, like, steadily declining, there were probably three or four times where she was in the hospital where, like, all right, she's not coming home this time. Yeah. And she came home. She's not coming home this time. I think and it's she also... Come home. And, uh... So then... It's apparent. Yeah. Apparent death is... Yeah, but, like, what I'm saying, like... To, to the ability to make that call of, all right, like, I can do this for you, whatever. Like, my dad has been very much through the last year of this. Whatever happens, you have to pull the plug on me. I don't want to be there like that. I don't want to go through that. And, uh... I don't want to do it, right? Like, of course, I don't want to do it, but I will do it, and because I know it's what he wants, right? And we've had that conversation now, but honestly, until my mom got sick, we never talked about it. We never talked about death. We never talked about any of those feelings, like death, mortality, uh, suicide, depression, any of those things that would kind of like lead down those paths. We never had those conversations, so. I mean, one, that's why we're here having this one. But so a lot of my own thoughts on on death and everything were me, myself, and I. Sure. Sitting there kind of talking about it or finding a friend and then being like, dude, so like, what do you think it's like, right? Like crazy, right? And and those kind of things. So it's really kind of weird. It's also, my mom has taken care of every single elder in our family in the past, I'd say, 10 years my great grandmother, all of our great aunts, my my grandmother, and she said she said this once to me, and I and I and it has been engraved in my brain. When all is said and done, like yeah, you're gonna have to make some decisions for you know when the time comes, but ultimately, death is a journey that we all take alone, and not in a sad sense, but in a sense of. My mom tell, told the story that there's some Native American tribe that when when it is an elder's time to come, if they can still walk, they they walk into the the woods by themselves. Or if if they're too sickly to walk or they can't move, then the tribe will carry them into the woods in like a secluded, you know, quiet part of the woods, and they just leave them there. And it's and it's their time to take their take that walk by themselves because that's what you want that you I don't I I learned this a lot from when my grandma had recently passed away two years ago she my mom was there with her in our you know she was in our house but when she passed my mom just you know gave her a kiss walked out of the room closed the door and allowed her to walk to take the walk by herself because you need to you have to make your body has to make peace with it i and and it's i've never forgotten my mom telling me that because it it cha- it completely opened my eyes to like cuz she's 100% right like you take the walk that walk alone and that's okay it's okay to you know i think that we're scared i think a lot of people are terrified i know i am i'm terrified to i'm die. terrified of it. Yeah, it, but for sure but i'm not 
Yeah, well, I think the outlier. Yeah, sure. yeah. Well, like listening to you guys talk and of like the way that you guys grew up. One, I haven't had an immediate death in my family, like close in my circle yet, to know sure. how I'm going to react. But like as somebody who deals with death on a regular basis between clients and like talking to the dead and helping people move through the dead on top of that and having a daughter who sees the dead, it's a very different experience for us. Oh, like, sure. I'm seeing you guys like in the way that you grieve and I'm like, I've had a lot of deaths in my own family, but I've never had any in my close circle of people for me to know what that would actually be like. Sure. Like animals, I put them down, but I've always, they've always told me it's time, their time yeah. to go and I grieve in my little bit and then I go on with it because once they're done, it's, I can still see them. They still come visit me. That, that connection is still there. It's just not a physical one. Yeah. You'll have that still though. And but so, see, that's, to me, that's, that's so a like blessing and a curse because you get to continue that relationship with that person after they're gone. I, I don't, I don't have that experience, period. Yes. You know, know and so that. it's kind of like, well, it's a, it, it's a, it's a finale. I feel, I don't know if I agree with that. I think we all have, uh, maybe we don't feel it or see it as vividly as Danny does, but I definitely think that, there are that we're visited. Yeah, we're visited. Whether you pay attention to it or not. Or, or even if it's a, if it's a thought that you have, like, you know, I, I get it a lot with, even with people who are still alive, but. Like if you're if you're doing something, you know, like I'll be doing a chore or doing something and I'll try to take a shortcut. But in the back of my head, I can hear my mom saying, do it right. Don't you know it. Even that I feel like that's just, you know, them dropping, you know, just dropping a little, yeah. a little something to you. A little ping. Yeah. Yeah. They're just pinging you a little bit from the other side. And um, Alan Watts uh, did an entire lecture on death. Alan Watts is a he's a philosopher mm-hmm. and he did an entire lecture on death and one thing that he said was um a lot of people are scared of death because they think that it that it's an experience but this is a little bit of a darker i guess way to look at it but he said do you remember the world before you were born you're not going to remember it after you're born because his whole opinion is you think that death is like being in a like dark box and being locked away forever like that's not you just die like there it's there's so many different ways to think about it but like i feel like we all kind of collect and we hear things that like allow us to cope with it a little bit easier. And uh, I, I think that that's interesting. So I, uh, yeah, I know we all have totally different, uh, feelings. Yeah. Like, cause for me, it's it, it's it, it's just over. It's not going to sleep. Right. And then dreaming. You're, you're just done. There's literally nothing anymore. You cease to exist. Sure. And her and I have had a conversation kind of roughly along these lines. Right. I don't have the same feelings that a lot of people do, right? But if you have a soul and that thing moves on, that whatever that energy is that moves on, that's still not me. Sure. Right? Because if that moves on and that takes the form of somebody else, that's not me. So me, I cease to exist forever. That's it. Right. It's, it's, it's a finality. But part of that finality is also the... In in a weird way, it's that beauty that makes living worth being alive. Oh sure, right? I mean, we don't need to go into the philosophy of like existential absurdism and how life is this absurd thing. But 
really. I mean, it kind of is to me specifically, right? Like it doesn't really mean anything until you give it that meaning. And that, that death is part of that. It's that whole, you know, you only have so much time, but you don't know how much. Oh, sure. And so now you have to have this whole, okay, well, I better make something of this to some degree. I better at least enjoy it when I can. And when I can't enjoy it, I better take that. And personally, I would like to take all those dark days and just say, hey, man, like, I want to feel them because they allow me to understand that I am alive. Because when it's over, it's over, and I don't get that ever again. It's a good, it's a, it's so interesting. Like, I, I, I don't like to think about it a lot. I try to keep, I try to keep myself in, focused in what I'm doing. Cause I feel like when I, me personally, when I delve down that hole, it's really hard for me to like pull myself back out. It's kind of like, like, I, I don't know when to pull my chute. Like I'm just hurtling towards the ground. And I I've come to realize that like in that part of it, you're right. Like rather than just sitting there and dreading and thinking about it, just live, live the most you can now so that when it comes, you can comfortably say like, I did what I wanted to do. So it took me a lot to get to that. Oh, I can only imagine. Because I was like you, right? Like, for sure. I uh, I found myself, like, who I am and my sense of self and everything in my darkest times. And that's when I started to be like, all right, cool. So this is what you think and feel and why and all this other stuff. And then, like, and then, then it allowed me to take that time and, like, understand, all right, you feel that death is this finality and there's nothing else. And this is why you feel all those things. Um, you know, and I guess a lot of the stuff that I've been through in those dark times are really what lead me to all of the other ideas around all that stuff too. Sure. Right? Does it make me right? No. That's the one thing about death. No matter who tells you what, literally there is nothing that can prove it to you. Oh, to absolutely. Me, okay, right? Like, to me, nothing can prove to me what will happen. Whether there's anything or there's nothing or whatever, like, I have no idea and there's not a single person on this planet that can tell me specifically with 100% certainty that this is what happens. Because it is that finale. You're dead. You don't come back to share the experience. Do you hope you're wrong? No. In all honesty, I don't. To me, like I've I've spent so much of my life thinking about it. Um, having all the experiences I had, I had a lot of trouble growing up when I started to really like delve into a lot of stuff and really started to deal with my own depression. I never expected to live past the age of 24. I can vividly remember being 14, 15, 16, being like, you don't want to grow up because you're not going to be alive after 24. And when I say that, it was really with the context of I would be killing myself by the age of 24. Sure. Because I wouldn't be able to cope, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, here I am, 38 and a half, right? Yeah. So I have a kid, a wife. It's totally different. But all those formative years of that stuff, I'm like... I, it's not, to me, I don't care if it's different. I sure. have this idea, this concept of what I think it is, and I'm okay with that. 
if it turns out to be this thing where I feel like I would wake up and this whole thing was really like a dream, then so be it. Right? Sure. I could like think about that. You could wake up and be like, damn, that was a really vivid dream. Yeah. I think everybody at this table has had a dream. You wake up, you're like, what the f Oh yeah. Okay, wait. <laughs> Right. You have to remind right. yourself where you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you have to take yeah. a minute. And so then, like, if that's what happens, that'll be mind-blowing, to be completely honest. I hope I know you in the moments that that happens, too, so I can be like... Well, since we both know I'm going to die first, your ass, I'm going to come back and I'll tell you all about oh, it. Oh, you, be you better pray ass. to God you die first, because if she dies first, you're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> In well, in the sense that she's gonna well haunt you. <laughs> no, I'll have better things to do. I'll just visit. Oh, you'll have better. Things to do. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, this took a, a left turn. Thanks. I'll have better things to do. So, yeah, I mean, having lived so long thinking that my life was gonna be shorter, I I have had my own conversations and understanding of death for a really really long time, and none of that has made it any easier it's that finality it's really and, and really it is that fear of the unknown aspect of what would happen that was a driving reason for me not to kill myself as sure as weird and stupid as that may sound is oh, that's an odd reason but like that singular unknown was like so much that i was like no nah, like, there's no I don't want to know. I don't want to know. How do you feel about I your ending? Like how how I'm gonna die, or just nah, like how do I like what what do I think happens? What do you think happens? I think I personally I hope I I'm reincarnated. That's like my I to a bird probably to whatever. <laughs> Whatever I I but that's what I Just genuinely by the way, hope. He's got some beautiful birds. He's got beautiful <laughs> macaws and parrots and cockatoos. They're adorable. I I would hope to to live the life as an animal or um, but I I don't I don't know I I I kind of fall under the assumption that whatever you believe in life is what happens after death. I I, I like that. Sure. I think whatever you believe is what happens to you. Yeah, why not? Well, why does it have sense. to be one thing? Why can't it be all of them? There's there's no reason. I actually think I got it from a TV show, but there was a there was a TV show where the where Anubis was represented by a a human and when he would take people from the mortal world, he would you know, do the whole scales and weigh their heart and once they were cleared to continue their journey, whatever they believed in life is what he guided them to. So it was still Anubis who was the one who guided you. He kind of played the part of the Reaper, but it's whatever you believed in. So if you if you believed in nothing, then you'll go to nothing. If you believed in heaven or hell, then you'll go to one of those two plates. Whatever you mm -hmm. believed in life. I, I don't know. I think that that's a beautiful... I like that. I think it's a beautiful way to look at it. Like That way you, you don't live in fear of where you might go. Um or you know anything like that, but me personally, I I genuinely hope I I am reincarnated. At least, even if I can't communicate, at least my consciousness, I can continue. Anubis being the Egyptian god of the dead, the mm -hmm. uh, jackal headed. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, 
So, sorry, I have a weird Egyptian thing. I like that whole. Oh, e- Egypt's whole, their whole philosophy on death, their whole ent- entire concept of death is amazing. We have the Egyptian Book of the Dead because I bought it. I haven't had a chance to read it, but we have it because why not? Um, the consciousness thing, you want to you take that with you. Oh, yeah. So, including all the kind of like knowledge and stuff you've had and the experiences you've had as a human being. So, if you pop into like a bird, you don't think that would be like biggest mind fuck ever like how oh you, of course it would of be. course it would i hope it, it is, is. Like, what do you mean it is now? i mean okay so think about it this so you're saying you and that i have different experiences forward, <laughs> think about like, when a baby's so, born think about when a baby's born and they look down and see a hand yes like and they're like i was this in another life like and now i'm here in this your interpretation not saying you're interpret- not not saying you're wrong, obviously, but, but that's your experience. Yeah. That's not my experience, is all I'm saying. Right? Because like for me, again, it comes to the finality, like there's a beginning and an end <clears throat> of that part. And if I feel like if I brought that in sometimes it'll if like, I could, I'll make you remember. Yeah, I know. I'll I make know. you remember. Your we'll do it. We'll do it one day. We'll do it one day. Because I'm actually interested. It may change everything for me, which is super weird. That's why I like it, right? It's yeah. The whole the whole point of it. Thought experiments and changing what you believe and not not what you believe what you think because beliefs are hard to change or whatever that line is from dogma <laughs> there you go um but yeah like that would be so nuts because that'd be a super cool though right like if you could as a human take everything you've learned jump into another human relatively close in time and go forward you'd be like 40 steps ahead of everybody else oh yeah you say that, but that's not always the case. My mom always says she hopes that oh, she's sure. reincarnated as a tree. So like that a she, good redwood? Just like a, something that lives a long time? Yeah, something that lives forever. Or, and I, I I, don't know. That kind of like freaked me out. I was like, you're not scared to like watch the world? Some like, of those trees are a thousand years old. They're the oldest things on the planet. I've touched them. It's crazy to sit there and think about that. You're like, this thing was here before... The Europeans reached the, well, okay, historically, whatever, the, the general understanding that Europeans reached this continent. Maybe the Vikings did by then. We don't know. I mean, whatever, who cares? But think about that. Like a thousand years of watching stuff happen. Oh, yeah. That's I'm like, so I hope this being, being a woodworker, you we, we get to, you know, whenever we cut into trees to make furniture, some of the things you find, I mean, we find musket balls, we find hand-forged nails. Especially in this area. Exp- yeah. yeah, and they, those tell a story. But then, if you look at the rings of a tree, you can you can see, like, how much water that tree got that year, if it was a dry year. And you you can count, if you count backwards, you can say, oh, my God, this was 1938. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, this was, like, look how dry this year was. I wonder what was like what this looked like while this tree was here. Like, it... it so uh, that she always talked about coming back as a tree. My my dad. I don't know what my dad believes. I've I've tried to bring it up to him. All he ever says is I, I he wants to be cremated. That's like all I can ever get out of him. He said, "Don't you dare put me in the ground." You know, our dads should meet. They're basically the same person. Yeah, and I and I've always followed that philosophy. It's a, it's I, I told Ali if if I die <laughs> first, she better she better get me cremated. I don't want to be warm food. <laughs> yeah, I want to be cremated as well. I don't um, mind being warm food. Feed me the animals. It's fine. Um, 
cremate me, toss me in, in a bag of glitter, and throw me around at Disney World. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, oh, yeah, yeah. people do it, but it's going to be weirdly hard to do in, in a way. But I'll ha- I'll make it happen. I, I I just hope this is my last life. I don't want to be reincarnated. <clears throat> Why? I I've lived so many other lives outside of this mm-hmm. one. I know that, and I like I'm tired. I'm tired. So well, it's funny you say that because I feel the exact same way. I don't ever I don't ever want to do this again. I don't want to do it. If I do it again, okay, cool. I guess I really want saw something exciting that I wanted to experience. But I really, the few lives that I do know, that I have experienced, that I am aware of, like I've been a man, I've been other types of animals, I've been, I've lived through all different types of eras that I'm like, I I don't want to do it again. I'm okay with this this being my last one, even though it probably isn't. But but, see, yeah. Oh, I'm the total opposite. I, I want to be alive long enough to watch the world burn. <laughs> I just, I, yeah, I mean, it's, that's what they all say, but well, and that's, I was funny when I was thinking about like what, what we were going to talk about on this episode, I was, I can't remember where I heard it, but like in billions and billions of years, eventually the sun, I think the sun, I, don't quote me, but like the sun will eventually reach the earth. and The sun will expand as yeah. it dies. It becomes bigger and bigger and bigger, which means it'll expand to the point it'll actually engulf the earth. Which is pretty crazy to think because it's 93 million miles away. But And then you think about this like, what's going to happen? Like, are we going to be on different planets by then? Probably. And if so, like, will there just be silence? Like... Here, I mean, this, there won't be anything left. Like it'll just. I don't oh, really yeah. know. It'll be dead before then. Before the Earth, I mean, before the Sun gets to the Earth, it will have wrecked everything just due to the heat and everything else. Yeah, but, I feel like definitely. It's funny that that we're you seem. Danny and I are kind of on similar wavelengths in the yeah. sense that like we think there's more. And by the way. This is not your last last life. I can. There's no way. I know it's not. Yeah, you know as well as I do. I want it to be. Yes, it would be nice. And if it isn't, well, I hope I meet you in the next life, sweetheart. So, man, I I know I'm gonna wake up and be like, do this again. (laughs) Like, I know it. I mean, we'll think about it from our kids' like perspective. She gets so frustrated by the things that she can't do that she knows she could do in another life. That is, uh, well, and also your your child is is the some would argue the best and worst parts of the both of you. So you both actually still live on, maybe not consciously, but you live on through her. So the, that's another thing. So I, I don't know who it was. It might have been Gandhi or not. Somebody said you die twice. You die when you actually like biologically. Sure, die, sure, and you die for the last time when somebody says your name for the last time Um, and i was like damn that's crazy think about it yeah legacies are are that's nuts such a crazy like people who you've never met like celebrities that you've never met that live on through you know art or movies or you know that to me, that's one of the coolest things. Like, I think we all, I think I personally, that's what I strive. I, I hope I leave something behind that, you know, is like that. Me too. You know, well, you already did. 
Well, okay. Two things, because <laughs> yeah. I, I want to come back to the baby thing and the mortality of everything. Um, but I didn't write it down, but I did want to talk about whether or not there were any celebrities' deaths that impacted you. Oh, yeah. Anthony Bourdain, 100%. Because Anthony Bourdain had been an addict, he's dealt with depression, and and when you watch him on TV, it's a, it's a personality that may or may not be his, right? Sure. I mean, the, the editing process will change that a little bit, obviously, make it whatever. But, like, to watch what looks like somebody start to turn that corner and have some form of society's form of, of success and start to look like they're making progress and progress and progress and then they kill themselves, like, for, for me, that was the hardest part. Maybe that's just due to my own no, like, I... suicidal ideology in the, ba- in, the, in the past and the understanding of, like, maybe that's still a possibility in the future. For me, it's like, damn it, like, somebody that I thought that would have escaped that didn't. Sure. And it was like a gut check. And now every time you go on CNN's website, they're like, oh, hey, parts unknown. You're like, he's dead. Stop yeah, leave it alone. Shit yeah. on there, dude. Like, yes, we saw the show. You don't need to have it on the fucking front page every day. Yeah. But- R- Robin Williams was mine. One of my big ones. Dude. Yeah, that, that one, that, that like, that like ruined my month. I just, it was like, like, why, why? Mm -hmm. Like he was like, for as much darkness as that man lived with, he was like one of the few specks of light we had left in Hollywood. And, and that one really got me. I mean, I, I watched Aladdin religiously when I was a kid and the genie was like my favorite Disney character. Missed Doubtfire for me. Missed out. Yeah. Missed Doubtfire. Like every role he played. And now I I cannot watch Hook. Like, I, I can't bring myself to watch it because it, it just destroys me every time because it's like and also generationally, it was interesting to see how like different generations reacted to his death because mm-hmm. like my first thought was no more genie. And there was somebody put a picture of of a, of the scene where Aladdin and the genie are hugging and it said, you know, you're finally free genie. And it was like, OK, all right. I'm out. Like enough I've had enough. Yeah. Like I've had enough enough Internet for the day. But like some people knew him for. You know, Stoutfire or Hook or uh, Mork and Mindy. Mork and Mindy, like, which is like way before. Or me. some people just knew him from his stand-up. Like, dude, let's put Mr. Hamster in the microwave. Yeah. Oh, he blew up like a balloon. And if you don't know that, that shit is hilarious. It's on a record. That's how old that shit is. Yeah, there have Crisis been. If you can find it, it's so funny. There have been a couple that have, uh, but that one was one of the biggest ones. That one. What about you? That one was rough. You haven't said anything. Because, like, I... I I don't get sad or upset by deaths that way. Like, I don't... I don't know anybody famous enough that I'm like, oh, yeah, that's really sad. I'm like, okay. I feel like you react to it like someone moved. Yeah. Like someone moved, like, to a different state. For me, like, death really... I'm so comfortable with it that, like, that isn't life altering for me i'm like oh that's really sad i feel bad for the family and then i move on i know that's so weird it's not no it's not i think going to if i have to say anybody that was the hardest and i'm sorry (laughs) that i'm gonna bring this up real quick was when your mom passed and your mom after she was in kind of her limbo of touch and go at the house she had came to my parents house to talk to us 
And that for me was a very like, oh, okay. That was a little hard for me. Um, but like, that's because it was intimate to me at that point in time. So like famous people, when they pass, it's not as intimate to me. Sure. Like, yeah, like, sure, sure. I mean, Look, Anthony Bourdain didn't change no. my views on everything. Yeah, it's not like you were sitting mom. down having like, beers with him. Like, it, it's like, damn, but you were like, sad about it. <laughs> things like that yeah. for me, I don't get I still sad. Am. Yeah, sad about things like that. But see, and but I also don't really view death the same way. That's why I, I just, I'm not sad when somebody dies. Like for a moment, maybe I'll cry and be like, okay, I'm glad that they got to release. But I also like, as somebody who helps people cross over when they're dying or when they're dead or in the process of coming back to talk to their loved ones in my line of work like it, it just doesn't it doesn't affect me the same way i guess sorry my familiar has to have her words on death as well sorry keep going <laughs> <laughs> so um I don't know. Like for me, it's just very—it's a very different experience. So that's why I'm like, can I think of anybody famous? I'm like, oh. Yeah, but to each their own. I mean, some people just don't don't have that same connection with with you know. I don't want to say culture, but like you yeah, know, culture. like it, culture. Like culture. some people just don't feel that way. You like, I, you're definitely not alone. I don't. I feel like your dad. I have friends of mine who you like. I wish more people were like that. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I feel like we all the the biggest lessons that I learned about death were definitely from the most recent passing of, of my grandmother, my Nana, mm-hmm. um, because she, you know, she left the earthly plane two years ago, but we mourned her for the better part of 10 years. She had a massive stroke. And during that time, it just slowly chipped away at who she was and her and it gave us so much time to like mourn the her like that loss of her not being able to be the like her, her full self who she was who she was and then when she finally passed it was kind of peaceful because my mom was with her every single day for over 10 years and all they i mean long van rides to the grocery store or wherever they were going they talked about everything and my grandma, you know, made a linear path for my mom. Like, this is exactly what's going to happen. This is how I want it to go. And you better not deviate from what I'm telling you because this is the, how we all get out. And it, it, I love Nana. none of us have had like a big crying spell about it when, when it happened or since because we had the rarest of all rare opportunities to literally have somebody walk us through their death. For the course of 10 years, which is not something people experience on an everyday basis. You had three and a half, three and a half years, almost four years with your mom, which it's everybody handles that differently, differently. But I feel like the longer it's drawn out, it's a lot easier when the time comes. But other people would completely disagree with that. So to the death part. Yes. I came to terms with my mom's death earlier in there. There were a whole bunch of things I didn't think about. Sure. So you talked about the stroke. My mom had cancer and then uh, radiation. Um, 
And what they don't talk about, and I'm, I want to do an episode about this eventually. <clears throat> what they don't talk about is that personality change. Mm-hmm. So, my mom, as Danny knows her, is not my mom. Her personality changed so differently. That was like, my mom died twice, as far as I'm concerned. She died when she became this person that I didn't know as my mom. Um, our good friend Lauren could tell you, like, that's not my mom. Right? Yeah. Because like, sure. she had this whole other experience with her. And it's like, yeah, it makes getting to that point of, like, the death a little bit easier. And you're like, oh, cool, I got, like, more time with that person. But if that personality change is enough, it's so much harder. Sure. And the hardest part for me, really, that I didn't put together because I didn't even think about it when we found out we were pregnant, it didn't dawn on me until my mom died that she was going to miss the entirety of Oh's life. Sure. She never even got older. And I was like, like, I didn't think about it. Yeah. And like watching my dad with O now, he's so over the moon. And I'm like, damn it. Like, she doesn't get to do that. Like, that's just something she wanted. It's just, it's just a bummer. It's well, like, if this really puts anything part, into perspective, so she, your mom raised you. And for, for whatever experience you had with your mom, the things that you learned from growing up with your mom is going to be passed down to O. So while she never got to physically hold her and meet her and, you know, maybe be a part of her life physically, you, you mean, you know, as well as I do that parts of her will live on through you and also through your daughter. And that also your daughter sees dead people and sees her yeah. grandma all the time. Oh yeah. And like, she knows her probably better than you ever will. As weird as that sounds, because she knows everything about that woman now. Everything. She sees everything. And she hears everything about her. So she'll know the stories from you, but she'll actually get to interact with her. Maybe not, like, feel her and touch her, but she'll be able to still come and visit her and tell her things. She does come and visit her and see her. So it'll be a different experience for you because it's not you handing her to her. Right. But for her, she gets to see her all the time whenever she wants. She doesn't have to wait for the car ride. Which by no means, I think my point was by no means am I trying to say that that's still not a horribly difficult thing for you. Yeah, of course it is. But, you know. But at least you can look at it and say, you know, my daughter is going to be, you know, the byproduct of me and I'm the byproduct of my parents and you know so on and so forth i love you dad that's the scariest part for me so yeah. my dad has a totally different outlook on life and death i'm sure i honestly don't really know a lot about it to be honest his his home life was terrible he got kicked out at like 17 or 18 um right before thanksgiving and stuff and, and never went back never went back, never went back. i've wow. literally never met my grandparents on his on his side, they're dead. He went to their funeral. This is, so this will this will show you the the opposite opposing thing of, of death and life, right? He went to their funerals, and I know there's probably too much info, Dad. So maybe you're not listening to this. Hopefully, you don't know about it anyway. Um, 
he went there to smile. Wow. That's how bad it was. So it's like, damn, man. Like, so when you think about it, like, every because everybody has a different life experience, right? People look at the death of certain people and they're like, yeah, it's about fucking time, right? Like, we killed Osama bin Laden. They were partying in the streets. Yeah. Now, look, I can understand that. Does it make it right or wrong? We don't need to have that discussion. But it's like, damn, like. Some people die and people mourn, and some people die and people celebrate. And you're like, what the fuck is wrong with everybody? It's such a weird dichotomy when death is involved, right? Do you, yeah. do you celebrate the person based on what they did, or do you mourn the, or, you know? Well, that's the like, double-edged. So I think the biggest example, like, for instance, was like Michael Jackson. Like, when Michael Jackson was alive, everybody, you know, threw, threw him under, you know, all different titles and then the second he dies all of a sudden he's this legend that needs to be honored and it's like well where was that energy when he was alive you know it's 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 a combination of that and also there's the whole like you know death without dying like people who are you know alcoholics or drug addicts or any kind of addict really who when they when they're you know kind of they've hit a point in their in their addiction where you know they're just not the same person anymore naturally as humans we, we will mourn that person even though they're not dead there there's a there's a whole book about it the name of the book escapes me now but it, it's all about people who have lived through like losing family members or friends to addiction and they say oh it's it's death without dying you know you mourn them the same way you would mourn you know someone if they died because you, you when someone hits that point you know that you're never going to see that person yeah. again so there's death goes down a lot of interesting paths and I, I i definitely think that's by design of the universe you know we the way that we view it inst- instinctually as well because i think that i think that is an instinct to know just like i'm never gonna that person's never gonna be the same i'm never gonna talk to that same person again yeah you know that's a, that's an interesting idea i didn't think about that yeah death without yeah, dying it's, it's very true like, hmm. people and, and it doesn't even have to be addiction right like something can go through some really messed up trauma no? oh absolutely i was literally just thinking that i was like that oh, same person well, ptsd comes miscarrying hmm? and that small death inside of you and you're not that's a whole different that i'm talking from experience that that yeah. is a whole different experience for sure yeah there's there's it's not just about leaving you know as some people say leaving this earthly plane sometimes it's you know <laughs> losing yourself or losing somebody to to whether, like you said, whether it be addiction or something that's not addiction, a trauma or PTSD or, you know, we mourn that, maybe not in the exact same way, but we mourn people, you know, who we lost to those similar types of mm-hmm. situations. Yeah. And that, to me, to me, sometimes that's even harder to deal with. You know, I've, I've, my family, we've always kind of been, and, you know, I know Danny can, we've always kind of been like the innkeepers for people who need places to go. And we've seen all types and, those are some of the hardest ones to see, like people who have, you know, dove so deep into into something or who have been through trauma and they, they can't come back from it. That's hard. And it's, it's hard to watch their family, you know, deal with that. And some of them have even told me, like, you know, that you feel guilty saying it. But they've said to me, like, I feel so horrible saying this, but like, I kind of wish they would just pass because it would be easier to 
deal with than watching them struggle and like it's it's such a weird thing to navigate and all you can do is just like be there for those people my dad and i had that conversation in parking lots of hospitals many times hey man like are we in agreement we don't think she's coming home we don't think she's coming out of it this time yeah and honestly like i i I don't say it out loud very often, but I wanted my mom to die. Often, yeah. Right? I didn't want to see her in that super frail condition that she was in. And, and she wasn't my mom. To me, she wasn't my mom. She didn't have that bubbly personality that would light up a room when she walked into it. Like, she was gruff and, you know, rude at times. And you could tell she was in a lot of pain. And, like, dude, it's like, no. Like, for selfish and non-selfish reasons, like, I want you to die. I want you to be at peace. I want you to understand that, like, I don't want you to feel this way anymore. I don't want to. I, and then personally, I don't want to watch you go through it anymore. Sure. I'm, I've had enough. Right? That didn't make it any of it any easier watching her die. Yeah. And it didn't make it any easier after, and it's still not easy now. But, and am I glad she hung out? Yeah simply for the reason she got to meet oh, at least once yeah it's the right. sharpest double-edged sword yes. you'll ever and i would encounter never wish it on anyone else ever no it's it's a horrible thing i mean the i i i was not in the room when my sister died my brother and my mom were um i i, I at the time there was no possible way that i would have been able to handle that but th- there is the aftermath of that was I don't believe my dad was in the room either. Yeah, he wasn't. It was just my mom and my my brother. What they experienced versus what me and my dad experienced versus our other family members was just so vastly different. But I remember the biggest thing was my dad for a few years, um, basically my entire high school experience, my dad was not the same human. He was he he, he was very dark, he was very depressed. And he was angry. He was angry because he had no one to blame. He 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 wanted to blame. First, he wanted to blame the doctors. Our dads are the same. Yeah, guys. he wanted to blame the doctors first because they did something wrong. They messed it up. They gave her something she wasn't supposed to have. And then it was, surprisingly, then he blamed my mom, saying, you're the one who decided to pull the plug. You're the one who did this. You're the one who did that. And... They that almost ended their marriage in and of itself. But when my mom left to take care of all of our elders in Pennsylvania, where her side of the family resides, most of his um, most of the elders in his family, I never met his parents, uh, my grandparents on his side. But when she left, that's what saved their marriage. But all in all, it also gave him an opportunity to see like people like my mom, who have you know nurses, doctors, people who see death on a daily basis it becomes more of a of a task of a job of something that you, that my my mom especially has felt importance but i remember it's normalized it it changed my dad so vastly in in such a painful way it took years and years for him to finally like come to peace with the fact that there's just no one to blame and you need to deal with it on your own they say a lot of that anger will come from guilt, like of, you know, 
guilt from not treating that person a certain way or not spending as much time with that person. So I feel like there was maybe guilt in that. But like him and I couldn't stand each other basically for the entirety of high school. And now we're closer than we've ever been. And it's because he he had to navigate that on his own. And every corner he turned trying to blame someone else, there was, you know, something would come along to disprove that. So then he couldn't blame that person. So he eventually just kind of like ran out of options and finally had to face, you know, face the music. And that's what I think helped change him. That and also repairing, you know, his relationship with my mom, which was really important. Um, But we all deal with death differently. All I've ever said when dealing with death myself is I want normalcy. I want it to be like just another day because that's the only thing that makes me feel. It's coping. It's coping. And it's thankfully it's healthy. (laughs) Touch on that. It's the only thing that makes you feel what? Because you stopped. It's the only thing that makes, that gives me peace. Does it? It does. You're Normalcy not, gives me peace. You don't think you're avoiding the feelings of it? Yeah. No, 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 no. No, I feel it on that. my own terms. Okay. But normalcy from others. Yeah. Like I don't want people to, to I don't want the I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't want the I'm sorry. I don't want your condolences. I don't want your prayers. I want you to make fun of me. I want us to act like it's a normal day. Because I'll deal with it in the way that I see fit. I don't need anybody to, to, I don't want anybody to try and guide me through that because, and not to anybody's fault of their own, you don't know what I'm going through. Just like I don't know what you went through with your mom or what anybody else, like, because we all handle it in different ways. So just treat me how you normally would. That's why I went to school the following day after my sister. All I wanted was to, for the first time in ever in my whole time in school i actually wanted to do homework yeah i wanted to take a test like i wanted anything that would just feel normal yeah and for some people that's the complete opposite of what they want they want people to crowd around them and to protect them and to cry with them and and that's fine that's i i admire people who do deal with it that way but for me i i wanted normalcy and now now i throw myself Excuse me. I throw myself into anything that makes me happy. I throw myself into work or into into my animals or whatever it is. And I, it's it's kind of you you kind of adapt as you get older. But ever since I was a kid, um, I was terrified of needles. Like I didn't like getting shots. Still am. Yeah, and even to this day, I get a little bit uncomfortable. But I always remember when I was really little, I would think like. I wonder what 20 year old me is like how like I'm going to be so much braver when I'm 20 like I'm going to be so much braver when I'm 30 I'm going to be so much brave and now like I'm facing things like mortality where I'm like oh my god like I don't want to like I'm 20 I'm going to be 27 and I don't like I don't want to die anytime soon but I'm like ah when I'm 60 I'll be so much braver when I'm 70 I'll be so much braver like it just it's weird how how every how my brain works about that I guess but I always think back to like when I was a kid and I was like terrified of like just getting like a flu shot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I still don't like needles. Not that that's relevant to the whole no, conversation, it's... but like we had to take Owen for shots and I'm like holding her cause it makes her more calm. And I'm like, I'm not watching. Yeah. I like my head turn and shit. I'm like, no, no, I, I 
Is that just because you're uncomfortable with needles or you're uncomfortable with her, someone sticking her I, with a needle? Even if it's on TV and it's not real, I have a hard time. Oh, okay, okay. I don't like it. I got you. At all. And I don't know why. I don't have a good valid like, reason for it. To my knowledge that I have, like, I can't recollect this one event. Well, it's just scary. But, like, I don't like, like them yet. Yeah, or, you know, some sometimes you have, like, one, you know mediocre or bad experience as a kid and then you don't and you don't remember it or maybe even as a baby and you don't remember it and then from then on it's just like there's like certain things engraved in your brain but but yeah i the biggest thing that i think has stuck with me it all comes from my mom but um death is i think death is absolutely a journey that we take alone in in a healthy way i think we have to do whatever we need to do to allow ourselves to move on and, and take that walk and then everything else, I, I I just stand on the side of what happens to you in death is what you believed while you were alive. So, you know, whatever you want, I think that's what will happen to you. The giant part of me hopes that's wrong. For <laughs> me, because I don't think there's really anything. And the finality of that just kind of like, you know, I don't. It, it's a bit of a bummer. I, I don't think because we just think about it, how we've seen it. All we know is what we've seen. But I, I genuinely I don't think that it's like I think you get to choose. Like if there is something you definitely I think you get to choose. I don't think it's like you have to go, th- you know, jump through hoops to go to somewhere that's going to make you happy. I think you just go where you want to go. So philosophical me has an understanding Scientific me has an understanding. Sure. There's no spiritual aspect of me that has an understanding because I don't have a lot of spirituality. So the scientific part is like, all right, well, energy is neither created nor destroyed, right? So it'll move. Mm -hmm. And that will go do something. That may be the essence of me, but that is not the collective of me. So I will, even if I move on, I will mourn the loss of myself. Sure. Yeah. Because it's taken me a really long time. And, and that's not actually true. I've always kind of liked myself. I may have not liked how I looked or whatever, or blah, blah, blah. But like collectively, I kind of like liked me, which is a weird thing to say for me for whatever reason. Um, so like... You're having like a self-realization right now. <laughs> no, no, I don't, I don't want to come across as an egotistical No, no, it, really I don't think I'm it sounds like that. trying to avoid. Um, and so like when I die, I'm going to be like, damn it. Like, that's a bummer. Like, I kind of, through all the times that I didn't enjoy and the times I was in bad places mentally and everything, I don't want to die. I don't want that finality of it. Oh, sure. You know, that's that's it. But, But again, that finality is the other things that have made, because I'm also that very equilibrium point counterpoint person. That concept of that finality is also the times that have allowed me to say that is a very life affirming event. That is what makes me feel actually alive, not like I'm stuck in a dream. Sure. Like we were in Hawaii and I'm standing on the edge of Maui looking into the Pacific Ocean. Pretty sure it was Pacific, whatever. Yeah, it is because it's in the middle of the Pacific. So there's no wrong answer there. Shut up, everybody who knows geography. It's fine. And I'm just looking out at this empty expanse of water and I'm like, there's literally nothing between me and like 
5,000 miles but water. Yeah. And for whatever reason, that was like this really life-affirming moment. And I was not in a great place when I was there anyway. So it's like, damn, like, that's the opposite end of the whole fear of death is that um, intense realization of what it is to be alive. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's just... This, but like, you can, I feel like, and maybe I'm misinterpreting what, what you're talking about, but it, it kind of sounds like you're you're torn like you don't like you don't know like because you have an understanding of two different ways of thinking i think my argument would be i think you can have both and that's okay that's what i'm saying you have both each of them allow you to see the other one as the real true nature of what they are sure right the darkness shows you the light the light shows you the dark and like you get to because you know you will die when you realize that you are mortal and there and you will die to some degree it it allows you to affirm that you are alive that what you are doing is this big experiment or whatever you want to say it is yeah. right you are actively alive and it's not just this cool i'm just gonna go humdrum through my day and like every day is groundhog day right it, it pulls you out for me it pulls me out of that and it's that reaffirming yeah dude like remember like it gives the meaning to the life the death does it puts that everything into perspective it's like oh yeah remember at some point you won't get to do this so do it yeah do it do it now but understanding there is an end oh absolutely yeah and what happens after that is, you know, anybody's guess as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, absolutely. And the the truth of it is, like, some people claim they know because they, you know, people who have like died in surgery and who have been resuscitated or whatever. And it's like, ah, but no, that's it's not for me. That's yeah. when I start going to scientific mode, and I'm like, no, that's not enough. You gotta be like, you're not dead. No, you're not dead. Like you, you people say like, well, my heart stopped. Okay. And it's like, all right. But like that's not dead, dead. That's yes. that's dead? in between. Like your brain has enough electricity left in it to make you see things, or to make you dream, or to like that's not enough. I need you got to show me some pretty some pretty hard factual evidence yeah. before I'm gonna say something is or isn't. But my general thing is, I hope it's all of it. Like I hope it's just whatever you believe. I hope it's like waking up out of a. That was nuts. Let me go to well, whoever it is that I just... Yeah, <laughs> Who's yeah. around that I can say, this is the craziest shit ever. So, all right, cool, man. Like, all right, I was born. Like, I had this life. And then, like, I lived it all. And I did this thing. And then I died. And I woke up and holy shit. Yeah. Like... And you're, you know, a different person. Or you're, you know, living Matrix, a different life. Yeah. The, yeah. the Rick and Morty episode where he's playing the video game. And he pops out of it. And he's like, what the hell? Right? Like... I can't remember what the name of this... I don't know why this made me think of this, but um, I don't remember the name of the theory or the or where this came from. But somebody said like we don't even know like what is in the entirety of our universe. Yeah. Like the because the universe is apparently infinite, so like we could our entire universe could be an atom that's inside of another like what we would yes. say is another being like just crazy. Yeah. So like the thought just, experiment goes everywhere. Like the thought, I, I always kind of laugh. Because, like, the thought that people really believe that we're so 
big in our universe to think that like we're just not like specks of dust that end up like being brushed off mm-hmm. is insane to me that think that we're like big enough to be deserving of like there being anything after death we don't deserve anything we just happen to be where we are at this time yeah at this point in time that's it but but we my got, hope my genuine hope is that i hope there is something I, i'd love to know what it is you know I'd, I'd love to see what it is you will that's the thing yeah you will. it's inevitable <laughs> you don't have a choice it's coming when i don't know you know well then we hit the thing of like if there was a you know in some weird future if there was a pill that you could take or a a surgery you could happen or if your consciousness could be downloaded you know and and would you do it no personally no because that takes the mortality aspect away which really removes what's the point in living at that point sure that's the thing Death is, to me, death is what gives life purpose. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, so if you take that away, then what? Okay. So what, I live on in a computer simulation? Yeah. I guess, but that sounds... Which, let's be honest, it would be kind of cool, but like... You could be doing it now, you wouldn't even know. Yeah, exactly. Like, we could be doing it right now. Like... Who's to say we aren't? Yeah. And who's to say, you know, what there is or what there isn't. But it is important to have these conversations. And I, you know, I would encourage any, everyone to have these tough conversations with, with their family and with the people that they care about. At a minimum, take the time, have it with yourself. Yeah. What do you think? What do you feel? Understand it and then sit there with it. Because it will, I believe it will make your own life worth living Absolutely. And then take the time as awful as it can be, because I actually did some research on this and it didn't occur to me, but take that time with your family and ask them now, what do you want? Because you can't ask them when they're dead. Yeah. You can't. It's too late. And whether it matters, right, to that person when they're dead, like, do whatever you want. I don't, I'm dead. I don't give a shit. Right? At the sure. End of the day. I don't care. Personally, I would like for you to cremate me. I don't need to take up the space, whatever. Just throw me in the way. It's fine. But ask them what they want. It's it's important to them. It's important to the process to understand and have them understand what they may or may not want. Because we, as a family, we didn't talk about it until my mom got sick. And so now there were a whole bunch of things I didn't know. I didn't know my mom wanted me to take her back and have her ashes buried next to her parents oh wow until she got sick i had no idea and i'm trying to deal with that now which is a bit of a pain in the ass but that's the inherent there but i i knew she wanted to be cremated so i would have just cremated her and left her sure like without knowing that i didn't know and having that conversation also spurred the conversation with my dad what do you want well he works with explosives a lot um and there's this whole underground pyrotechnics thing. He wants to be cremated. He wants to be put into fireworks and shot into the air. And so I have told him, write that guy's contact info down. If he's still alive and still doing it, we will do that. And it will be awesome and sad. But I will do it. 
But if we hadn't had that conversation, I would never know that. Sure. So just take the time, sit down, ask yourself what you think, what you feel, sit with it for a few minutes. It's going to be uncomfortable if you haven't done it. And if, you, if you've done it a lot, it's a fun thought experiment. I'm like, I enjoy oh, yeah. It. I do it often. Yeah. Probably more than deemed healthy. But hey, whatever, it's fine. Um, but yeah, do that. You walked away because you had to feed the baby. Do you have any final thoughts? No. I mean. You're over there giving me eyes <laughs> like, yeah, you guys are crazy. I don't think so. I mean, but also, like I said, we have very different viewpoints on death and how we both experience it. And that's why I like up it. One day. That's why yeah. I like it. Like and I'm we, listening to you talk and how like scientific you are. And I'm like, yep, that's the man I married. Yeah. <laughs> because is. we're so different in that aspect. It is. I'm eating a cookie. Sorry. My mouth's sort of like. <laughs> I think it's good that you're, you guys are polar opposites. I wouldn't say we're polar opposites, but we definitely have different viewpoints on stuff. And no, in, in that, just yeah. in that aspect, I, mean, I, I think that's good. I like it. Respectable understanding of yeah. each other and that I like a lot. Exactly. It's a reality that she has that I don't, that I can't possibly experience. Yeah. So who am I to say that? And you're also not denying what she believes. You're not saying that's not true. So I was going to leave this to a totally different conversation, but yes, correct. And it took me a long time to get to that point in general. I was actually thinking yeah. about this in the car on the way home. Um, what were we talking about in the car? I don't know. I don't feel like I ever really like denied somebody, but like I came to the, the realization. We're talking about Jesus. Oh, yeah. We're talking <laughs> about tomorrow's God. Easter. Jesus we're just talking Oh, yeah. Because tomorrow's now. Easter, and uh, but, we were talking about death, and I was like, oh, how classy of us. Yeah, how, how what good timing jesus christ no pun intended um it took me a while to realize like it's not the person is right or wrong it's their reality it's their experience like who am i to say that what you experience is right or wrong yeah it's your experience like that's it period at the end of it and it's like and it's the same thing on death like when i die i will experience that whatever it is what she experiences about that is totally different than what you will experience about it but doesn't make either one of you and your reactions to it wrong it's just a, that's a whole nother crazy thing to me like man like you will never ever be able to experience anything that somebody else experiences in the exact same way no you can't it's definitely it's not possible yeah because you were saying it earlier, right? Like death is a journey you go on by your own. Take it, you take it alone. The, the two of us could be in a car, head-on collision with like a dump truck, die at the same time. We still literally die alone. And yep. I'm like, that is, it's cool in a way, right? Because it is such a thing that there's no way to do it with somebody else. Romeo and Juliet. They, did, they didn't do it together. They may have done it roughly at the same time and, and whatnot, but they didn't do it together. Two people jumping off a bridge, completely different experiences at the exact same time. Yeah. Your soul's doing different things at different points each in each body. Super nuts. Yeah, and also, you know, some people maybe, some people have talked about how maybe uh, your body or your brain doesn't actually know that you die and you you just go to a like a memory or a dream that, 
just your death experience plays on repeat yeah yeah like it you know maybe your brain doesn't actually know and then there's you know i've heard other people say oh i think it's the opposite i think when you know moments before you die i think your brain unleashes every drop of chemical it has left in it it's like a fucking firework show and it just makes you believe like mm-hmm. it, it just sends your brain into a whimsy and you just see things that you know you would have never seen otherwise i mean who, who knows and then they say the white light that you see, like going to heaven per se, is really just your eyes and everything else shutting down, and your brain doesn't have any way to process the information because it's not getting anything. And then sure. your brain turns itself off. One of my mentors—that's crazy. Alone. Yeah, it's insane. One of my mentors who who went through a, a very um, a very large—he had a double lung transplant. And lived through it, and he's still alive. And then he he's he's dealt with um, you know different kinds of cancers and things like that that have been caused by his medication or whatever. But he told me uh, we were talking about it one time, and and he said because uh, I asked him, I was like, did you experience anything while you? And he because he he died on the operating table for, and he goes, no, it was it was like he said I don't remember much because I I was. So drugged up, and he yeah. goes, "What I, what I do remember is it, it it didn't feel like much, like." But again, back to your earlier comment, dead, dead, not dead, dead. Yeah, and but he also, I because I asked him, I was I asked him similar questions when he was going through it. I was like, "Do you know what do you believe happens after you?" And he goes, "I don't know what I believe, but I," <laughs> he said, "I I pray that heaven's not real because it'll be filled with boring people," like, which made me laugh. That's funny. Um, that's funny. Sure. But it's, I think I really, I just think it's whatever you want it to be. I think whatever brings you, puts you at peace, Mm -hmm. you know, like I think my peace would just be like at a cabin in the woods somewhere, (laughs) like with the people that I love. Like that's what peace is to me. Like being around family. I don't know. And, or maybe, you know, Danny's talked about how there some people who, who, you know, they die, but their soul doesn't mm-hmm. carry on us because maybe they have unfinished business and that's how we get ghosts yeah. and spirits and things yeah. like that. And then it's like, oh man, I really hope I'm not one of those people. <laughs> I'm with you on that. That I definitely don't want. Like, if there's something else, like, just let me go to it, please. Like, yeah. It's fine. Just don't stick me in this weird middle ground. Um, yeah. So I'm going to leave you with a quote out of a song that I really like because it really kind of For me, it ties the whole thing together. And it was, since the day I was born, death's been chasing me back home. Mm, I like that a lot. And it's just like, dude, yes. You can run as fast as you can. Yeah. And he will. He, she, it, whatever. It will catch you. You cannot get away from it. I think... It's actually the opposite. I don't think death is chasing you. I think you're running towards it. <laughs> I've heard that, right? I mean, yeah, sure. Burning the candle at both ends and all that other stuff. Yeah. I mean, you you can speed that process up pretty dramatically if you want yeah. to. You know? I mean, yeah. It's, it's crazy. So, death, scary subject, not a scary subject. Does it make you feel better to talk about it? Yes or no? Answers. I... I I avoid it if I can, and that's why I brought you. Because <laughs> we already talked about. It. Yeah, because we well we were the conversation yeah. that we were having at the time was 
do you want to know, would you rather know how you're going to die or when you're yeah. going to die? And I said, uh, neither. I said, well, I said, yeah, <laughs> I, I said went with neither. neither. But if I had to choose, it would be it would be how I guess yeah. because I don't want there to be like a countdown clock, you know. I'm yeah, but but the conversation you know ended up that I, I I don't I don't like talking about it in the sense of myself. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to talk about my death. I'll talk about other people's deaths all day long. I just don't want to talk about mine. <laughs> Why? I still, I still have fear of my own morality in some aspects. Same. Like I, Same. I, I'm, I'm not a, a go into the unknown type person. I go in with a plan. I, I like knowing. I don't like being in situations that I have no control over. I'm very claustrophobic. Like, and I think a lot of that comes out because I still live under the impression that like, it's gonna like I'm gonna be locked in a dark box forever and. That's just not the case, mm-hmm. and I know, like, I know that's not the case. But I think that just like my monkey brain is telling me, like, you should be scared of this. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know it. Yeah, air quotes because nobody can see this, but you don't know it, right? Sure. Like you, you have this really strong idea of what you think it's going to be, but you really have no way to know that that's what it's going to be, and and that's the hard part. Right? It's just trying to balance this. Which wraps us back around to your point of just live for now. Like, have the conversations. Do what you, you know. But allow, let let death affirm the life you have. The life you, have. you know? And, and also, if you have the opportunity to speak to the older generation in your family. For the love of God. Take the opportunity. Do it. I... I wish I would have. I wish I would have. Uh, there's so many questions I have that I can't go back and ask. There is a picture, which I actually might um, might send to you. There's a picture of all four generations mm-hmm. of the matriarchy in our family, of their hands all holding each other in one picture. My, it's my mom, my grandmother, my great-grandmother, and my great-aunt, who is was yep. like... She was the second oldest female to live in our family. That's awesome. And you see, I mean, their hands tell stories. Like, it's it's just, it's the craziest thing. But it's one of my favorite pictures. And I keep telling my mom she should submit it to, like, a... I want to do something like that. A, uh, like, some kind of contest. But to... You can. There's four generations. Yeah. You should do that. And it's funny enough, it's my grandmother's hand. Sorry, don't... No, 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 no. Mama if you have Mala's, it, I'll share it. Hands, her rings. Those got her lines. My grandmother's the only one that has four rings on her pinky. So does she. Oh wow! I don't have it, and my mom does not have it. You but said your grandma. Did. My grandma. It's bananas. That's pretty nice. If you find that picture, I'll share. Oh, that I, I guarantee you, I can find it. But um, it, it definitely take the time to talk talk to your the elders in your family. You'd be absolutely shocked at what you might hear. Some of the stories that are passed on. Yeah, I learned more about my mom in the last like six days of her life when she couldn't talk by having her best friend and my dad there than I did at any other time. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, death, man. Is it the end? 
Is it not? Was that dramatic enough, by the way? We'll find out next week. <laughs> yeah, right? Next <laughs> week, when we all kill ourselves. What? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's a dark show. What do you want? All right. It's fine. Um, so, yeah. We're going to wrap this one up. We're actually kind of long. But it was good. Good. Um, this was awesome. So, yeah. There's going to be a lot more conversations coming. I'm working on uh, depression. I'm working on PPD and PPPD, which is the male counterpart to oh. postpartum wow um so that we can get all those things that's a very large fart uh, nobody would have known until you said something just sold our daughter out on the podcast it's fine i can't wait till she's like 14 you and hears this us. oh my god it's so good uh, so reach out check in on people you know and care about make sure they're all right have conversations make them about death it's fun scare them a little bit um, like, share, subscribe, follow, rate, leave a comment, all that other fun stuff so people can find us and we can all help everybody help themselves. Um, check out the rest of our projects at thedarkartsof.com. You can reach us via email at thebakerandthewitch at thedarkartsof.com for comments. If you want to join the conversation, offer a topic, just say hi, let us know what you think. Send us pictures of hands, please. Uh, <laughs> remember, you're not alone. The more we talk, the more we heal. And uh, we'll anyone else see you in two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. yeah. One week, because we actually have to catch up next oh, week. Yeah. If we can try. We skipped it on my birthday. <laughs> We're behind. Sorry. We're trying to catch back up. Any final comments? Nope. No. no. What about Signing you, off. little girl? No? The cat has some. Oh, man. I think you need to go change her. Uh, <laughs> right. See you next uh, week, folks. Have a good one. <laughs> Bye, everyone.